the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. I know that there's options out there. You could help me by telling friends and family, though, about the show. By letting them know that you can sign up at Apple under iTunes at Rob Black and Your Money. It's Rob Black and Your Money. Um, anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Talk about getting into retirement. We can talk about um, other issues that are out there. We're saving to retire in our 40s. Uh, that's always been kind of a goal of mine. Maybe that's realistic. Maybe it's not. But it's a good goal. Um, and I think that's kind of important to have something along those, you know, uh, lines, so to speak. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The irony of having a strong financial life is that you don't really want it at times. You want what a strong financial life represents. So if your only goal is to become rich, you'll never achieve it. So says John Rockefeller. So the ability to fail and try again someday. That's kind of what wealth gives you more time to be spent in personal, meaningful ways. That's kind of what wealth should give you stronger choices for loved ones like schools, neighborhoods and vacations. That's what wealth should give you. The chance to continue to develop yourself through travel and education and painting and reading. That's what wealth should give you. Wealth is a weird, weird thing. Like happiness and success. It can't be pursued directly. A lot of people try, but they're never, ever satisfied. Once they make the money that they they uh, used to think would make them happy, they try to find something else. They find that something's missing. Um, oftentimes it's just more money. And for me, I kind of fall into the world of, you know, I'm not going to say the millennial experience is everything because that's not quite right. But for me, it's, it's very much so, uh, I, I don't need a fancy car. I don't need a fancy wife. I don't need fancy dinners. They're lovely. All of those things, but I've got a good, reliable truck because I do things that make me happy in the truck. Um, Haul around soccer equipment, haul around yard stuff. Um, And that makes me happy. So things that you want aren't crafted out of thin air. They're observations of, of, you know, how things work, in my opinion. So money is worthless by itself. I think that's a fair statement. It's only valuable if it can get you something else that you want. It's never an end goal. It's meant to touch many, many, many hands. So I have a friend who she came out of a car accident. 
um, having lost a loved one. But she also came out with a lot of shares of Apple. And she has the ability to do whatever she wants financially. But she's been very, very conservative because her heart was healing. And at some point in time, she has money to travel. She has money to do what she wants. So you don't want to hoard it, but you want to have the right mind frame when it comes time for it. You want to use your money to connect with others more strongly than you could without. Money's like love. It kills slowly and painfully the ones who, you know, who withhold it. It enlivens those who turn it on to their fellow man. So smart money is slow. I agree with that. The best money managers in the world think slow before an action because the better money decisions require you to take pauses. You know, I believe otherwise, if you watch movies like Wall Street, greed is good. But you're seeing is speculation. So uh, Warren Buffett once said, our favorite holding period is forever. And I think if you were to use another Warren Buffett thought where you have only 20 investment decisions in your life, use them wisely, um, you would slow down before you bought something. So I was asked the question recently of who would you give $20 billion to general motors or Elon Musk? And you have to stop and think that one through because general motors aims for a 20% return on capital. That's a pretty good return. It's way better than you're going to get in a bank. But Elon Musk has got a lot of great ideas. No one has ever given Elon Musk money and made money. He hasn't made money at his companies yet. Um, but General Motors pays out a dividend of about $2 billion a year to shareholders. So you always have to stop and ask yourself, what's this question even mean? I like slow money. So I own shares at Disney because it's a dominant franchise. Um, that chick, Cinderella, she has not worked in a very long time. Um, and Disney owns her. And they're like, hey, let's, let's go release the, the, the dungeon and bring Cinderella back out. Do you remember what Cinderella, remember what Disney used to do? And this was just evil. Um, back when we had VHS tapes, you'd hear commercials like, now for a limited time, for 20 weeks only, we're opening our vault. And we're bringing out a digitally remastered Cinderella on VHS and DVD and Blu-ray and Laserdisc. And uh, you could have Cinderella. Like that chick, she, she hasn't worked in 50 years, 60 years. So and now there's a Tenderella out there. Um, there's actually a Cinderella ballet. And somehow I bet. Disney's making some money off that. Yes. So making money is boring, in my opinion. Um, we see the drama in it, but it should be more boring. You should have a good portfolio that does well in a down market and does good in an up market. I don't want you to hit a home run, but I also don't want you to strike out. A good portfolio has different components to it, like a good baseball team. You need a strong first baseman. You need a strong second baseman. You need a short, quick, wily little guy who could play shortstop. Possibly you can give up a little bit of fielding for a better hitting third baseman. 
need strong pitching. You need a catcher who's general. And that's like, that's why you need companies like Disney. You know, they play a certain role. They're not going to get you in a lot of trouble. And maybe you want a company like a Chevron or an Exxon who is tied towards energy and, and you know, for the foreseeable future, we're going to consume a lot of energy, although less so in cars than before. So you save money bit by bit. You invest it. You receive dividends or income. You reinvest the proceeds. You compound your earnings year after year. It's not a lot of drama. Sometimes for me, I've learned that money means saying no. I've got a lot of friends who want to go to the Warriors game, the Giants game, the Sharks game, and saying no to almost every opportunity to part with your money is a key to financial success. Most of us waste our money. Um, learn to say no to the good so you can say yes to the best. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Take a break. Be right back. This is Rob Black and Your Money. You can find me at Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Fidget spinners. Have you seen kids dying to have one? Ma'am, I want a fidget spinner. You probably not, because they're now no longer cool to have. They cost around five bucks, and while they're said to help children with various learning or attention disorders re- relieve nervous energy, their recent turn is owed to a standard goofing around, not behavioral therapy. And teachers hate them. Principals hate them. <clears throat> Parents are reminded that if a child's using a fidget as a toy and not as a tool, it should remain at home, just like all toys. So there's a company called Five Below, which had a blowout quarter because of a preteen retailer, and they sold fidget spinners at a pretty fast clip. I would avoid. To me, kids are very fickle. Teenagers are very fickle. They have a lot of disposable income for sure. But um, it's like teenage girl apparel. What's in one week could be out the next, so be cautious. You're trying to look for dominant players, not trends, not, not short-term trends. Um, <clears throat> so I want to talk about another concept along the world of toys, right? There's a company called Electronic Arts, and I remember in 6th grade, 7th grade, coming home from school and playing Bird versus Johnson. No, no, it was probably 10th or 11th grade, Bird versus Johnson, and it was on the Commodore 64. And it was made by Electronic Arts. And I would either be Larry Bird or Magic Johnson. And it wasn't a super complicated game. Uh, but it was one-on-one. And that goes back many, 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 many years since I've been in 10th grade or 11th grade. Um, Electronic Arts puts gamers in the action. Uh, they're pretty well known for Madden NFL, FIFA Soccer, Star Wars, and Battlefield, Mass Effect, The Sims. Bird, one-on-one with Magic Johnson. It still makes the most of its revenues from games played on consoles from Sony and Microsoft and on personal computers. Uh, They provide online social games, such as those from Hasbro, like uh, Monopoly. They are getting into competitive gaming. Now, you may not think competitive gaming is something to think about, but literally, many, many years ago, when we played computers, you would play them by yourself. Pong, and you would play against a computer kind of thing. Then you were playing Pong against another human, on a console 
And then that console got onto the internet and suddenly you were playing someone across the country and someone across the world. And then suddenly they, uh, video games like Call of Duty and Battlefield let you play 16 people versus 16 people. So it's 32 people. So there's competitive sports leagues now. If you go to twitch.com, twitch.com, um, Amazon bought them where people watch video games and they cheer. And there's a video game out right now that I don't know the name of it. Um, but basically, it's it's got an island setting, and it's just brutal. It's teenagers just killing each other. It's kind of like the Hunger Games, but more brutal. And it's the way they show it on Twitch is pretty fascinating. It looks like um, <clears throat> you're watching a murder. Like you're like, no, dude, behind you, behind you, and you're totally into it. It's immersive. In Korea, they'll sell out twenty thousand people arenas. To watch video games. So that competitive sports gaming is taking off huge. Hi, my name is Philip. Ask me about my Or, as my friend Donald would say, huge. Huge. Um, I don't think there's a huge. I don't think there's an EWE huge. How are you doing? How are you saying that? I know what's good and bad. Um, so Electronic Arts is out there. And they continue to do quite well. So I just bring that up because um, I think it, as a nation, we sometimes think of something like uh, video games as childlike, right? And I don't think we should. So um, because there's a lot of money in them, right? Are you with me against me? So back in 2000 and let's see, when did I send this email? 2005. I, I used to record all my notes from my radio show. And it, I wrote this, I did the radio show. I've been doing it for 20 years. So as soon as I got the internet and was able to put stuff on Yahoo for free, I, like, I should save all this stuff. So sales of video game software for computers back in 2005, consoles and handheld devices reached a record $7.3 billion in 2004, a 4% increase over the prior year. Consoles were bigger than computer versus portable. Now you look at people like uh, Apple, and they're going to make over $3 billion in, 20, in 12 months on Pokemon Go. Because they're getting a piece of that action. Um, when you go to Apple iTunes and you get Netflix, they get a piece of that action. So it's a good business to be in, right? So these were notes from <clears throat> literally, what, 12 years ago? 12 and a half years ago? And I was doing a radio show and I was saying, like, video games, pay attention to sales. And if you take a look at the stock at that point in time, it was a fifteen, <clears throat> it was a twenty-five dollar stock, and today it's one hundred and five. That's a pretty darn good return um, over twelve years. Pretty darn good return, all for playing video games, right? So I'm not telling you to go buy it now. I'm just saying, video game industry. Some hits are bigger than movie hits, and there's a lot. Fewer people. Well, there's there's been a lot of people working on these things, projects, but a lot fewer than a movie. If you ever watch The Crawl on a movie now, it seems like it never ends. They've got like you know, twenty eight gophers, fourteen gophers, sixteen golfers. Like you're like, whoa, that's a lot of jeers. So anyway, something to look at because um, I don't know. That's just me. Um, as it turns out, Americans, regardless of income, spend a lot of money on luxuries. So this surprises me. Low-income families spend 40% of their money on luxuries. People who make the most money spend the biggest chunk of their incomes on luxury goods, but even the poorest households spend a significant chunk. 
the wealthiest families spend around 65% of their income on luxury goods and 35% on necessities. Um, <clears throat> the lowest income families, they spend 40% of their money on luxuries and 60% on necessities. So the bottom line is that two-fifths of earners make $47,000 or less. And the middle two-fifths make 47000 to 134000 And the top fifth make 134000 and above. So luxuries are defined as goods or services consumed in greater proportion as a person's income increases. We tend to think of spending on luxuries as an indulgence driven by emotions. Consumers who experience a loss of control are more likely to buy products that are more functional in nature, such as screwdrivers and dish detergent, because they're typically associated with problem solving. And you can kind of control it, so to speak. Um, so we spend a lot of money on unnecessary things. Women are more likely than men to overspend because of stress, while men say excitement leads them to spend too much. Households at the bottom of the income ladder are more likely to overspend because of stress than households who make $100,000 or more. So I think, I think the sweet spot of, of, of nuttiness has to be the, a poor woman who's stressed. Right? Um, just bad spending, bad spending. I think a lot of people keep, keep themselves poor by getting luxury items. And a lot of people keep themselves poor by, you know, spending way too much on stuff that we don't need. Yes, I wear $5 sunglasses. Because uh, the one time I had a $150 pair of sunglasses and lost them, I wasn't too thrilled. Where do those sunglasses go? Sunglasses heaven? You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. the conversation 800-516-1220 that's 800-516-1220 now back to rob black and your money on am 1220 kdow this reminds me a little bit of amy man it is amy man it is who i find incredibly sexy American rock singer-songwriter, bassist, guitarist. She was the vocalist for Till Tuesday. Probably the song you might remember most. But she also did a song, One is the Loneliest Number. So she's done a lot of um, soundtracks. So in 1983, she co-founded Till Tuesday with her boyfriend at the time and Berkeley classmate, Michael Hashman. Whoa. She's someone that you see in concert at the Saratoga concert venue. Um, she's someone you see and you go, 
why didn't she have more hits? She's Grammy nominated, big time. She's independent, big time. She married singer-songwriter Michael Penn, which is the brother of Sean Penn and also the brother of the dead Chris Penn. Um, she had a big record contract with David Geffen and she got out of it. Billy Joel had a big record contract at one point in time that basically said, you're only going to make money of your tour. And he signed it. He didn't realize what he was signing. And that's when he basically said, okay, I'm not going to release albums. I'm not going to make money on them. So what he did was he became a piano man and toured bars and small clubs as a piano player. And he kind of you know, stuck the finger to the music industry. And uh, you, I signed a bad contract. You give me a bad contract. I'm not going to honor my terms and release CDs. I'll be out of my said contract in five years. That's why in the 1970s, Billy Joel came out with album after album after album after album. He had four lined up really solid albums because for essentially five years, he's like he couldn't make money on albums. So he waited till his contract died and then boom, uh, jumped right into it. So be careful what you signed, in my opinion. Um, Amy Mann has appeared in television because that's what artists do. They don't say no to any working gig, which is an investment lesson for all of us. She made a cameo appearance in The Big Lebowski. She was a German nihilist who sacrificed her green nail polish. Um, she was in Portlandia. She was in One Tree Hill. She did the theme song for One Tree Hill. There we go. Okay, this just brought back a little bit of a memory for me. Might have had a crush on her. Might have, might have been realizing that my body had hormones in it right around the time this song came out. Something about her watching boyfriend with another girl or something like that. I'm not sure why that played into my childhood fantasies, but it did. Too much information. Time change topic. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Visa has a plan to vanquish its biggest competitor. The credit card company is trying to incentivize businesses to stop accepting cash altogether. They've got a cashless challenge. And I'm all about it. I hate cash. Cash is dirty and filthy. Not only do you have to give it out of your pocket to someone else, but then they give you money back. So they want the world to go cashless, and I'm all about it. And their biggest competitor is cash. Plenty of businesses still accept both cash and credit cards because businesses don't want to turn away cash. Uh, on the consumer end, a lot of people would be happy to see lines move a little faster if their wallets uh, got a little lighter, but cashless businesses would you know, prove problematic for older generation, old souls, those without bank accounts. Um, elementary schoolers who just got their first allowances, things along those lines. So cash is useful on some levels. But I do think, I do think that Visa is on to something. Um, eliminating cash is safer, easier, and hopefully it saves people more money than using cash. So that's something that... Uh, I'm all about. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm all about it. Let's do a quick quiz. Are we ready, Lord Quizmaster? Little Jeopardy, please. 
when you retire, tax rate is likely to be lower than when you are working. True or false? The answer is false. Many people make their retirement plans with the assumption that they'll fall into a lower tax bracket once they retire. That's often not the case. Retirees typically no longer have all the tax deductions they once did. Um, the retirees want to have fun. Girls just want to have fun. Retirees just want to have fun. Old people without teeth want to have fun, and fun costs money. Future tax rates may be higher than they are today. Quiz number two. Question number two. Social Security benefits are tax-free. True or false? That, too, would be false. Once upon a time, they were, but that all ended with the signing of the Social Security Amendments in 1983. Depending on some of your provisional income, up to 85% of your Social Security benefits are subject to federal income taxes. So a million, uh, if you're provisional, it's not worth coming up with provisional incomes, but the IRS wants their money. Withdrawals from which the following retirement plans are tax-free once you retire. What tax-free retirement plans are out there? A, 401ks. B, traditional IRAs, C, Roth IRAs, D, all of the above, E, none of the above. That would be C, Roth IRAs come with big long-term tax advantage, unlike their 401k and traditional IRA cousins. They're funded with pre-tax dollars. You pay the taxes once uh, on your contributions to Roths up front. So that's up front. Question number four, Lord Quizmaster. There's a good chance that some of or all of your income you receive from any pension or annuity you own is taxable, true or false? There's a good chance that some of your income you receive from your pension or annuity you owe is taxable. True! So if you get a pension, it is taxable. Most pensions are funded with pre-tax income. That means the full amount of your pension income will be taxable. How are you feeling about this quiz so far? Are you in or out? Required minimum distributions which are taxed as ordinary income, kicking at age 70 and a half for holders of traditional IRAs and 401ks, and the percentage that the IRS requires you to withdraw each year goes up as you get older. True or false? True! You'll start out at 3.65%, and that percentage goes up every year. At age 80, it's 5.3%. At age 90, it's 8.7%. Figuring out your required minimum distribution is complex. That's why you should work with a financial planner. Next question. All the following statements are about RMDs are true. Required minimum distributions. If you fail to take an RMD, a required minimum distribution, you'll face a tax penalty of 50% of the amount you should have withdrawn. The calculation for RMDs and the way you make your withdrawals are the same, whether they're IRAs or 401ks. The withdrawals are taxed as regular income, so RMDs could push you into a higher tax bracket. The increase in your adjusted gross income could trigger higher taxes on your Social Security benefits, a surtax. Um, so they're all true. Um, it's the first. Uh, it's the calculations for RMDs, and the way you make the withdrawals are the same, whether they're for IRAs or four hundred one ks. If you have several traditional IRAs, the requirement of distributions calculate separately for each IRA. So it's a little complicated. Next question. If your spouse dies and you get a big life insurance payout, you better be prepared for a sizable tax bill. If you get a big life insurance payout, do you get a big tax bill? False. You have enough to deal with during such a difficult time, so it's good to know that life insurance proceeds paid because of the insured person's death are not taxable. 
Next question. How valuable must your estate be at death to be hit with federal estate taxes? Is it $749,000, $2.1 million, $5.4 million, or $10.9 million? You get taxed for dying by the federal government if your estate is worth $5.4 million. Only two-tenths of one percent. Holy mackerel. State taxes aren't a factor for many people. Some states have a state of tax when you die, and their exclusion limits can be much lower than the federal limit, such as the $1 million limit in Oregon and Massachusetts. But for the federal government, it's $5.4 million. Final question, and then this quiz will finally be over. If you're over 65, you can take a higher standard deduction than other folks are allowed. True or false? It's true. The standard deduction for individuals 65 and older is $7,900. For younger people, it's $6,350. And the standard deduction for couples who are both 65 and older is $15,200. So what I was trying to get at with this quiz is that there's crazy numbers on RMD. There's crazy numbers on life insurance. There's crazy things to think about. I think the White Walkers win the Game of Thrones, just between you and me. Might have been sampling some thing grown in the garden when I figured out that theory. And I think one of the dragons get turned to, to a White Walker, a White Walker dragon. I know you're saying, did you figure this out on your own? Okay, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I have a new show on Mondays and Thursdays called Stock Talk. It's from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. So three hours of Roberto Negro e Doleros. That's righto. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. One of the things I like to do is talk stocks. Um, when you hear me talk stocks, consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned. It's for informational purposes only. Please, please, no wagering. This is an exhibition. This is not a competition. Are you with me? Are you against me? So I've talked a little bit about some stock ideas. I've talked a little bit about some sectors and some maybe some metrics. You know, when I talked about when you see how big a Best Buy is, it's how many, how much sales do they get per square foot? Um, it's an interesting question, and it's something that you know, when you would look at an investment, you have to say to yourself, let's think about this for a second, right? Let's let's not just go. I like I like the way they spell their 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 name, um, or it's done well in the past. You got to do better than that. Um, something that I look at sometimes are winners and losers. Now, I like ETFs for most investors. That's not always going to be appropriate, but that's where I like to start. And one area that's doing well right now as an ETF, it's the PowerShares DWA Healthcare Momentum ETF. I don't like PowerShares for investing unless it's going to be for trading. So PowerShares, you're taking a lot more risk, and over time it doesn't really pay off and it typically dilutes your earnings, your returns, in my opinion. 
President Donald Trump promised during his campaign, we're going to win so much, you're going to be sick and tired of winning. You're going to say, please, Mr. President, I have a headache. Please don't win so much. This is getting terrible. Now, you don't have to look too far into the news to see that Obamacare and the GOP's failure to repeal Obamacare was probably not what the president had in mind when he said winning. Winning. So the winning. So the PowerShares DWA Healthcare Momentum ETF ticker symbol PTH has been a big winner, um, outpacing the market because repealing Obamacare, our, our, our healthcare costs have gone up. Our healthcare spending has gone up since since we put Obamacare into place. But I'm not going to just say blame it on Obama. I'm going to say in the last 40 years we've seen nothing but healthcare insurance, healthcare costs. Uh, a friend of mine had some really bad, um, how shall we call it, um, problems with getting food out of her body. Ah! And she goes to the doctor, and you and I would say, hey, take a laxative or take some, uh, what, what would you refer to, probiotics maybe? Try to change things up. And her doctor looked at her and, you know, took a look at, you know, say, you know, probably take some probiotics and such like that. But I'm also going to order you an ultrasound on your lady parts just in case something's blocking that whole area down there. And ultimately, she gets an insurance bill for $800. He says, like, I didn't tell the doctor to do that. And he said to do it. I thought it was going to be covered by insurance. Um... She can't really afford it. And it's a great example of who's at fault. Is it the insurance company for not paying for something a doctor said do? Aren't doctors supposed to be experts? And the healthcare insurance company saying, no, 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 no. And I think we just all need to be more informed consumers and say, what's that code? And can I call my insurance company before we run that test? Like, it sounds crazy, but I, you know how many people I know, and I don't know if you talk to your friends, that they, they get into insurance products, and then they're incredibly disappointed by said insurance products. So one thing that I like to do with some of these power shares and things like that is to see what their holdings are. Like Clovis Oncology is inside the PowerShares DWA Healthcare Momentum Fund, and sticker symbol is CV, CLVS. If I haven't heard of it, tonight I'm going to do a little bit of homework on it. Align Technology, sticker symbol ALGN. If I haven't heard of it, I'm going to do some homework on it. Now, we talked about a sector that's doing well. Let's talk about a sector that's not doing well. North Korea is run by a little freaky dude, and he doesn't tend to really get along well with the United States or South Korea. So guess what? There's an ETF that's tied towards South Korea. So when North Korea fires a missile capable of hitting the United States, you're pretty darn sure they have a missile capable of hitting South Korea. So those shares, the iShares MSI Morgan Stanley Country Index, MSCI, South Korea, ticker symbol EWY is South Korea. And Samsung's a big name on that ETF. And it makes you ask the question, like, what would happen if North Korea did kind of elevate tensions? Or what if Apple's better than Samsung? Or what if Samsung's better than Apple these days and making record profits, which they are? Where do you put your money and who do you trust? So I'm not telling you to play the headlines, but you can certainly see how North Korea testing a missile has affected South Korea. 
So the more of these ETFs that you know about, maybe you say I'm going to do a trade. I don't know. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on anything mentioned. <laughs> I'm not your broker advisor. Take, you know, keep that in mind. I don't know your risk profile. I don't know your uh, education. I don't know your experience. I don't know uh, if you've got a big tumor on your back that's growing and you don't see it. And you're going to one day have to quit work because it's going to get so big it's going to take over part of your brain. I don't know these things. Um, and that's why being an investor is so unique, so independent, and that's why we're all so different. And uh, we should approach that with a lot of honesty with that. So don't think that there's one size fits all when it comes to talking stock, when it comes to picking stocks. It, it, it's not that way. So some of the things that I would own in my portfolio are way too risky for my mother. And some things that you know my kid would own uh, feel way too risky for me. So, do you see the idea? I'm Rob Black. You can find me at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Find me on the radio uh, Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. And on Mondays and Thursdays, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you'll hear CFP Chad Burton, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. On Fridays, there'll be a replay that's best of. Find me online, Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. And don't forget, if there's a seminar coming up, use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.